the Wholesome Frenzy Podcast. My name is Jake. I'm here with Sreyas, Sam, and Chase. We got a fun episode for you guys. We're going to run through the CU schedule and give our win-loss predictions. As well, if there's time, we'll go over recent news and, and do a little draft game. But guys, it's been a while since we've all been on the podcast. It's good to have you guys. Yeah, this will be fun to do a lot more regularly very soon. There's a lot to talk about as soon as the as soon as games start here. So it's going to be awesome. For sure. And if you guys are listening on Spotify or iTunes, check us out on Instagram and YouTube. We're going to be going through the schedule live here, and I'll be screen sharing. But we'll also do a good job for you guys on Spotify um, and Apple Podcasts as well, if, if you're just listening. But with that, let me go ahead and share my screen. We have presented is the CU football schedule. Before this episode, we all went in and gave our win-loss predictions on a game-by-game basis, and we're going to talk about that, and then also give a general overall Folsom Frenzy podcast win-loss and record prediction. So with that, let's just go game-by-game, starting with TCU. If you're watching online, ignore those logos. It'll fix itself as I expand this. But TCU, all right, let's expand it to see what everyone put for TCU. There's one outlier here. So to read it off for the listeners, Jake <laughs> has a win, Sirius has a loss, Chase has a loss, and Sam has a loss. I guess I'll open it up because I'm the outlier here. But, yeah, I'm going forward, and I'm, I'm putting a win for TCU. TCU lost a lot of talent since their, their team that had that great run going to the championship game. I think the Buffs' biggest weapon for this game is – TCU can't pull up a lot of film on CU, if any. I mean, for Shador, they got to pull up JSU tape. Uh, for Travis, they can pull up JSU tape as well. Uh, for Dylan Edwards, there's high school tape. <laughs> for Alton McCaskill, he was hurt. Um, so there's not a lot of tape on him, but they can look at some Houston tape for him. But that's CU's biggest secret weapon, in my opinion, for that week one game, is it's going to be a surprise for TCU. And another thing I wanted to point out is I was looking at ticket sales for Fort Worth for week one, and there's still a lot of open tickets. So here's my other bold prediction. I think CU is going to have probably 25% of the fans in that stadium, and I think that'll be a big impact. And that's why I'm putting a W for the buffs. It's a very, very bold prediction, Jake. I think maybe one of the reasons why they haven't sold their tickets is because TCU is a 20 and a half point favorite um yeah i don't like i think c is gonna get killed in this game and they should they should be killed in this game they've never played together they're playing as a superior opponent and i think if they lose by 20 points lose by 21 points it should not be a big deal i don't think it should be a surprise i don't think it should be like uh like oh like a oh no the season's over we got blown out by do you think they'll lose by that much i think that i mean I trust Vegas. Vegas has them as 20 points. I don't dogs. trust Vegas at all. I don't trust I don't Vegas, trust Vegas either. They're going yeah. off last year's team. Vegas has no idea. The over under for Vegas is what? Two and a half wins? Three wins? Somewhere around three and that? a half. Three and a half. And we'll show you guys here in a second. But based on what we put, we don't trust Vegas. <laughs> so, yeah. Is this a preview? I mean, I, I just don't think the like, I think people are going to think the sky is falling if they lose in a blowout fashion. And I don't think it will. But I, I don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to pull it out. I think there's no way they get blown out of that game. No way. I think it's going to be like a 10-point loss, if anything. But, yeah, my bold prediction's a win. Sreyas, I think you yeah. had thoughts. Yeah, from from my perspective, 
I, I don't trust any of the predictions. And the reason why is ESPN FPI does take the hood a little bit off of their algorithm that they're using to, to predict wins and losses. And that algorithm is heavily based on returning starters, returning coaching staff, recent performance, and then also recruiting rankings, right? All of which, other than recruiting rankings to some extent, are negative, extremely negative for CU. And yes, recruiting rankings, they did okay. They did pretty good. Finished strong with Cormani last year. But at the same time, the 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 bulk of the strength of CU's recruiting was from the transfer portal, which is really not factored by that at all. So given that FPI takes the hood off of theirs, it would not surprise me if the other models that are being used by gambling and Vegas and all of that stuff is heavily based on the same. So I do tend to agree that Vegas is not particularly trustworthy. The reason I still have this as a loss, though, is simply the fact that the team hasn't played together. They just haven't played together. So I am not super confident that they're going to be able to come out running and really put the, the screws down on TCU, which they really need to do. Last year, they had the opportunity to do that, where there were, honestly, I think TCU played really poorly in that first half, only only scored on a punt return touchdown, and otherwise it was 6 nothing buffs. And unfortunately, that was the, the only six points that we scored in the whole game <laughs> and amongst the only points that we scored in uh, non-conference at all. It was a ugly, ugly, ugly season, of course. But, but if CU had come out and really put the screws to them right off the bat, it might have been a little bit more competitive, and they didn't do that. And incoming this year, I just – I would be surprised if they came in and, and did what they needed to do to get a big – let's say a big first-half lead against TCU – Maybe TCU took a step back too. I think, Jake, you make a very valid point. It wouldn't shock me at all if CU won. In fact, that's going to be a common theme with my predictions. It wouldn't shock me if CU pulls any of these out. We, we just don't know for sure what this team looks like. We just know that they're more talented than they were last year. So I have it as a loss just from the new the newness factor, but nothing would shock me. So uh, And certainly I don't trust Vegas. Yeah, I think that's a really good point with the newness factor, especially with this new offense and how Sean Lewis wants to go fast. It seems like it's a steep, steep learning curve. Chase, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with the argument about there's not a lot of tape out there. Um, I think TCU is going to be prepared. I think that definitely makes things more challenging. Um, I had this down as a loss because I think Colorado is, and, and I agree with Strayus. I think that this game is totally winnable. I would not be surprised at all if we win this game. Part of the reason for that is I think TCU is significantly worse than they were last year. They have not reloaded the talent that they lost to the draft. They have not reloaded the talent that they lost to graduation. They very much remind me of the 2016 Colorado team where it was very senior heavy, very leadership heavy, very motion, like a lot of things going in the right direction for one special season. But mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to repeat that. I think they're going to take mm -hmm. a huge step back this year. So with that being said, um, I still think they're a really good team. My argument for this, for, you know, kind of to prelude how I was thinking about this schedule, I think my biggest concern about Colorado this year, I think our talent is going to be higher than a lot of teams, but I think we are razor thin. I think we are the first team, very, very talented, but injuries are going to kill us. Like if we have bad injuries at quarterback, you know, we could probably survive them at wide receiver running back, but you know, we don't have a lot of depth on this team. And I think that's going to mean that we're going to maybe start a little bit fast and, and get people buzzing about Colorado 
and then have kind of a, a rough ending to the season. So that being said, this does you know, with the TCU game, I think it's very winnable. I am devouring the points. Give me the spread all day. Vegas really struggles in college football week one through four. So week zero through week four, you can make a lot of money against Vegas. Vegas really figures it out. You know, I love sports betting. Vegas figures it out kind of once you get to week five and, and later, but week zero through four, Vegas's lines can get, can get kind of, you know, destroyed in certain um, areas. I love the points here. I think we covered 20 and a half. I think it's possible we win, but you know, this one I think is maybe a loss while the team is still gelling and figuring out. Um, so yeah, I, I want to push back slightly on the depth piece. I think this team actually does have depth more than any other CU team in the past. I mean, quarterback's the obvious position. There's definitely no depth there. Um, not to bash the the quarterbacks behind Shador, but I mean, it's just the fact of the matter that they don't have a ton of experience. It's a lot of freshmen. Um, and, and the only other area, and this is actually news that came out this week, the only area that I could see might be a little bit of a depth issue um, is, well, linebacker first and then also O-line. And O-line, I was a little bit comfortable with it up until this week. There's big news that Tyler Brown might not get his waiver cleared by the NCAA, and he might need to sit out this year. And Tyler Brown was a starter. A lot of people were penciling him in as a starter, and that could be a big loss for CU. and could really hurt them on the depth side as well. Yeah, and, and when I'm saying depth, I'm not talking, you know, wide receiver, running back, DB at all. I'm talking, I, I really think we are razor thin on on both lines, frankly. I think our D-line is also thin. Um, and I, I think if, you know, Shador, you know, obviously knock on wood, if Shador were to get hurt, you know, this team is not going to be able to play at the same level. So I'm just, I'm concerned about injuries. I think, you know, with any season they add up and I just don't think with all the transfers and stuff in, you know, that we necessarily have the depth. I disagree. I think we have significantly less depth than some teams in the past. I think our depth now is probably better than our starters in 26 or 2022. But um, I do, I do worry about that. And I think it's going to drain us as we go through the season. For sure. So with that, let's, let's go ahead and move on to week two. Um, week two, the big game. Nebraska. Chase, do you want to run us through what everyone predicted? Let me expand. Yeah, I do. Um, and this is going to shock no one that uh, Jake has us down as a loss because oh my God. Jake is, in fact, a Nebraska fan at heart. And the best part is I actually didn't know for sure what Jake had picked. I just said loss before I even saw it. So that's how confident I was that Jake was going to cheer for his uh, personal favorite college football team. So right now we have uh, Jake with a loss and wins across the board um, by the rest of the fellas. Um, okay, just... okay. I need to cut you off now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I think no. Throw... let him cook. Let him, he's cooking. This is my win loss prediction. This is not what I this is not me cheering, right? This is what I think is gonna happen, right? Um see you beat Nebraska the last two games, both in Lincoln and in Folsom. Nebraska is a new head coach. They're a team with a lot of confidence right now, and I think. So according to my predictions, I have CU beating TCU. My narrative is they're going to beat TCU. They're going to be really pumped up. And Nebraska is going to remember the last two years because they haven't as, as much roster turnover. So they're going to come into Folsom so pissed off. And they're going to want to send a message. You know, Coach Prime has gotten so much hate, and especially from Nebraska fans. I think they're really going to give CU a good fight. But well, that's what um, they said last time, Jake. They said they're oh, they're gonna be so pissed off. And what they do did they freaking lost. 
Right, they're, I love their it. New co- their I new coach it. is a freaking loser. I hope I'm Matt, wrong. But Matt this Rule is, is this the is biggest my prediction. loser in the history of college football coaches. I hope I'm wrong, and I think I think Nebraska does have some serious question marks at quarterback. Um, I really hope I'm wrong, but this is this is what my gut's telling me. Unfortunately, um, you know, Folsom's going to have probably twenty percent Nebraska fans. Maybe not that high, actually. Probably fifteen. No, it could be higher than no. that. It's gonna. It's gonna be like wait, wait, wait. 75. Hold on. I'm getting I'm getting mixed reactions here. Chase, it seems like you think there'll be less. Reyes thinks no, there's going to be no, more. It's going to be more. I think it might be fifty percent Nebraska fans. Okay. I think that's it's a very motivated fan base. It's yeah. Very, very so that game. also concerns me. And that fan base is going to be even more motivated to come in here and give CU a big fat L in Deion Sanders' home. They're not there. playing the game. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they're not True, playing the game. True, but the, the yeah. players are going to have the same mindset, right? It was like, but they had Maybe. the same mindset last time. Like it was like 90%. But we didn't have Deion Sanders last time. I actually if I'm think... a Nebraska player, I'm chomping at the bit to give Deion Sanders his first loss at home. I and think again, that's actually, again, no, I, I, hope I disagree, I'm wrong. Jake. No, I hope because I'm wrong. the the thing that's changed about college football is I don't think the players care about it, the rivalries nearly as much. I think players are kind of mercenaries for hire these days at a lot of programs, and I think that's definitely going to be true for Matt Rule's Huskers. I think the Nebraska fans that come to Boulder are going to be awful, and I think. <laughs> They're probably using, you know, their entire net worth to come to the game. But I just don't think, you know, like the players don't even have the mental capacity to remember, you know, what happened last week. There's no way that they're going to remember what happened. You know, what it's been, what, three years since we played last? Um, Four. Four. Four seasons. Yeah. Like, you know, there's no one on that team that cares. Matt Rule's a complete and total fraud. You know, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I think this game is very winnable. I don't think Nebraska is very good at all, you know, and so – you know, I think it's entirely possible we lose. It's possible. You know, I, I agree. I think our consensus is that we go one and one. I could see it going, you know, when it, TCU loses Nebraska and vice versa. But I just really don't think Nebraska is very good. I think the home crowd is going to be a huge plus um, for our kids. And I just, frankly, I think we are more talented than Nebraska. You just said we won't have a home crowd. You just no, said no, no, no. 50-50. I, I agree with what Chase said. And uh, let me see if I can frame what Chase said, because I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of Nebraska fans. But your your but our student section is going to be absolutely out of control, insane for this game, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't care. Point. I don't care who's traveling from Lincoln to to come to this. They're not going to be like the students are. Those students are unbelievably energized. They were energized last year for that product. That student section for the TCU game to open the season, which started, they kicked off because of the lightning delays at like nine p.m. local time was still full and was still energized. This is going to be something. I mean, even so last time Nebraska came to town, 2019, the student section showed up and showed out for that in a huge way too, even though there was red throughout the rest of the stadium. That student section really stood out. And that's why the Nebraska fans, whenever they show crowd shots, they only show the west side of the stadium. They don't show the east side of the stadium because the east side was just rowdy students. And we're going to have that on steroids this year. The other thing I'll say, the other reason I have this as a win is because Matt Rule and all of his other college escapades, he's he has been a very good uh, college football coach to turn programs around. No question about it, right? He turned around Temple. He turned around Baylor. But they always started slow in that first year. Right. I think Baylor went one and eleven in their first year, and then by the time he left, they were they were back to being a uh, competitive and. Uh, borderline in playoff contention. 
And it wouldn't surprise me if, if that's kind of what happens here as well. He's not the same level of magnetic to be able to bring in the number one portal transfer class like a uh, coach prime would be, but he'll eventually probably get that program turned around to at least respectability. But I don't, I don't know that this year is going to be that year for them. And hopefully it's not next year either since we play them both of those years. So I got this as a win. I don't unfortunately have much analysis of actual players. So take that with a grain of salt. Maybe, maybe after week one, we, we should revisit and see what we think, see the way that Nebraska does in their first game, see the way CU does. But as of right now, I have this as a win. Um, and you'll see that as a constant theme for me and CU home games this year. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll leave it with this. Sports is a uh, pendulum, right? It swings to one side and then comes back to the other. Um, and just being a Rockies, Cubs, and Bus fan for as long as I have, I know what pain looks like. <laughs> and that's why I'm nervous about this Nebraska game. I uh, Nebraska has about 24-star recruits on their team. They're no cupcake. I don't want to overlook them. Um, but that being said, I hope I'm very wrong. Don't worry, guys. I love the buffs through and through, and I hope they destroy the Huskers. But it's going to be a tough game. Sam, what do you think? About Nebraska? Just just tell us your prediction for the game. And, well, I mean, I think I really want to hear what you think about Nebraska. Uh, well, I, I don't th- – do we have, like, a like an X-rated version of the podcast so I can give my, my true <laughs> thoughts on the on the university and state as a whole? <laughs> I mean, I can always edit it out, Sam. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll just talk about the game. I'll just talk about the game then. Um, I think, I mean, it's just, they're just Nebraska is going to Nebraska against CU. They're going to come in. Their fans are going to talk them up as this big team, and they're going to choke in the big moment. Um, they're going to have some quarterback come in. I mean, unfortunately, there's no Adrian Martinez to give us the game like he gave both of the games to us. But they're never ready for it. They're going to come in and see who's going to show them who the little brother is. And it's Nebraska. And it's going to be close. I don't know. But I, I trust CU. I trust Coach Prime. And Matt, as uh, as Chase said, Matt rules a fraud. And they are, they are not going to get it together by week two. And I think CU is going to win. All right. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen who they've named their starter yet. They got a, they got a couple transfers, right? They got the Georgia Tech kid. Um, We'll see. It's that's the beauty of where we're at right now and the new college football. Like there's just so much portal movement. You don't even recognize the team year over year. We just don't know. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. A Georgia Tech kid who was, by the way, not particularly good. So, you know, I'm not in a, in a triple option <laughs> offense. Right. So we'll see. You never know. Yeah, I, I just I don't buy it. I just don't I don't see it. I'm not as afraid as I was of Nebraska the last two times we played. Them. I just I don't know. I And maybe that's what's going to hurt me the worst. Maybe that's that's what Jake's talking about. You, that's you that's exactly what I'm talking about. And Jake's just trying to set himself up for for the the letdown. But I just I don't think Nebraska is that good of a team. I think TCU is a better team than Nebraska, unquestionably, um, on paper at, at the very least. And the whole Matt Rule is a genius, blah blah blah. You know, like Stray has said, he hasn't proven it in the first year ever. Um, and I, I you know I don't think this team was as drastic talent wise as like Temple when he came in, but. I just I, I think we're more talented, and I think if we're healthy, we are a more talented team than Nebraska team. So I'll just I'll just leave it at that. With that, let's move on to week three. The other rival. I know some people debate if they're a rival, but they're a rival. 
uh, week three CSU Rams. Sam, do you want to give the rundown of, of what we put in terms of wins and losses here? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming we're all on the same page. Okay, good. Yeah, everyone, we all said that CU is going to beat Colorado State. Um, I frankly don't think it's going to be close at all, especially with the game being in Boulder. Um, coming off of a big win at home against Nebraska. Um, like it's, I think it's just going to be a massacre and I hope it is. I hope they run up the score and I hope coach prime knows or is able to sense that like not to take the, not to take his foot off the gas against CSU and really, especially like, I, I feel like the, the students at CU have, they've, they've missed playing against Colorado state. They've missed like having that easy game on the schedule where you just go and you beat the crap out of them for four quarters Unfortunately, you don't get to take like the bus down to Denver to watch the game and then come back. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be close. Do you guys think it's going to be close? Uh, it shouldn't be. It, it, it really it, shouldn't be. No. Same thing here, though. CSU is going to want to stick it to us with Coach Prime and how confident we've been. But this team is so much better than the teams we've had in the past who have beat CSU. I think, I think they're going to crush CSU. I think CSU is going to be quietly competitive in the mountain West. So I don't want to downplay that. I think that their coach at Nevada Norvell, he struggled in his first year at Nevada too. And then he got them turned around mountain West is a gettable conference for sure. It is, it's, it's not, doesn't have that top end talent. Like it, like it once did when Boise was in their prime and TCU is there and Utah was there way back 15 years ago. So I think it's a gettable conference. And I also don't want to downplay the fact that they're probably improved, right? They have some talent. Like that wide receiver, Torrey Horton's pretty good. He's definitely a, a potential next-level type player. And, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to knock them too much because I think that they could have a pretty respectable year themselves. But this, sh- with all due respect, this should not be a competitive game. When, and, again, so the funny thing is Vegas, if you look at some of the lines and stuff, it's they, they waffle a little bit, which is kind of – it kind of shows you that they're not factoring in the new players, right? So I, I saw somewhere that some lines actually had this as a loss just because of that FPI difference. So, or similar, right? Similar metrics like FPI. When you look at returning players and you look at returning coaching staff and all that stuff, they have this as a loss. But when you when you actually, come on, who's who on CSU is going to sh- stop Shadur and Travis Hunter? I mean, I, to be fair, I went to the Celebration Bowl last year and I saw what happened, right? Shadur was dominant despite the fact that he was on the run constantly, right? He was had almost no protection at all against NC Central, almost no protection, and he was still dropping dimes, making amazing throws. Uh, and so even if the offensive line breaks down in that game, I would not, I would not expect that to be close, but I guess anything's possible. We'll see. 67, 22-2. Uh, is our all-time record against Colorado State. Uh, I completely disagree with Jake, and I'm I'm just going to start this here on the podcast real quick. Colorado State's not a rival. They're just not. They're the team that is convenient to play down the road. They have been relevant for maybe all of 10 they years ever. They're not a rival. They're the just not a rival. So, so Jake, Jake. for this game. The students love this game. The students love this game because half their friends go to Fort Collins because they got straight C's in middle school and exactly. high school. Exactly, and that's why it's a rival. <laughs> and that's, that's fine. It's a rival. That's fine. It's exciting to be, you know, excited for the game. But they're not a rival. It's just not a rivalry because Colorado State hasn't been competitive enough to make it a rivalry. Uh, I, I, I think we frankly boat race them in this game. I think they're probably going to have 
you know, two or three turnovers alone um, in our secondary. I don't know. I, you know, basically their, their game plan has to be throw it to the, the wide receiver who's supposed to be a, what, a top 20 draft pick next year and pray to God that he's able to get free. And unfortunately, they have Travis Hunter, who's going to be a top five draft pick two years from now. It's just not going to happen. I, I just I think it's going to be embarrassing. I think it's really cool for the kids to see it in Folsom. I think it's a mockery that we're playing a game in Fort Collins the year after because it's like legitimizing this G5 team that might get a pity invite to the Pac-4. I just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If we lose to Colorado State, I will go on X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it now live and I will eat my foot. I will barbecue. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mark it down. Because it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This, team, this Colorado State team is not going to compete for the Mountain West. You got to use terrible. the Shador Sanders team, barbecue sauce if you're going to eat your foot. I'll do it. I'll do it. But this team is horrible. They are not going to hang in there with us. Barring like the entire Colorado team dies in a car crash. I mean, I just can't imagine what could possibly happen to make this game competitive. And if Vegas wants to give me anywhere under minus, I would take minus, I think I would maybe take minus 20 and a half points on this game. It's going to be a, a an absolute dick punch. So I, I just had to fair. wait. I had to wait for you guys to all, you know, kind of talk about how this might game. I mean, it might be in play. Who knows? It's not. It's not. Don't overthink this one. That's a free win. I don't care if we lose to TCU and Nebraska by 100 points each game. We are not losing to this Colorado State team. They are <laughs> awful. I honestly love that take. I think you're completely right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a good way to end it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make a quick comment on Colorado State's arrival. Just super quick. Um historically like historically there they wouldn't be a rival but there are definitely some rivalry inducing moments when we were growing up right like in the 2000s where we beat them when they were ranked and then they beat us when we were ranked you know the year after we won the big 12 and there there was there were some pretty good teams and pretty good rivalry there with Sonny Lubick and Gary Barnett so I don't I, I don't think that they're a historic rival, but there's enough recent there's enough recent bad blood too that the, the students certainly would consider that a rivalry. It, it's going to die since we're not playing them every year though. Um, and if CU does end up being more successful as as they really should be over the next ten years compared to the previous ten, then this will be an afterthought. In fact, you'll probably see some Colorado State fans wearing CU gear like back in the day down in a um, down at Folsom. And, and I don't care what the students think because, frankly, the, the the students think that you know a zen is a breakfast item. You know, like I just don't care what <laughs> the, players, the players think. It's a rivalry too. I, I just I and and I I do I am interested. One last comment I'll make before we move on. I am interested to see how Deion Sanders acts around the Nebraska and the Colorado State games because I think with his personality, he's going to lean completely all in on the Nebraska game and probably completely all in on the Colorado State game. And if we want to build that game up, that's great. That's fine. But frankly, you know, I really hope that he will do kind of what, you know, McCartney did with Nebraska in the old Big 12 days where he'll find us, if he stays long enough, a new rival in the Big 12 that we can really put a mark on the calendar because it's entirely possible with the way that conferences are moving that games, you know, out of conference against Nebraska, Colorado State may not happen frequently enough. And and I want to feel the, the vitriol hatred. And maybe my whole rant about how much I don't think Colorado State is relevant is proof that maybe there is a rivalry there. Right? I don't know. <laughs> but 
I, I just I, I hope that we find someone new in the, in the Big 12 because these games are what makes college football so great, right? And we're going to miss them. Um, you know, the Nebraska game is specifically yeah, what I'm talking I about. So. Yeah. I, I don't want CSC to be a rival. I want a Power 5 rival. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and it's an 8 p.m. start. That's going to be a nice night game opportunity for the all-black uniforms to come out. Like that, it, Folsom's going to be hype for an 8, p- 8 p.m. game. And I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. One last thing. I think it is entirely possible. We are not going to get college game day for Nebraska or TCU. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we could get it for the CSU game in Boulder. That's my fun. prediction. That's my hot take of the podcast. I think we get college game day for the game against Colorado State. That'd be really fun because then we don't have to worry about Nebraska fans trying to swarm in and, and take it over because they, they will. You know You know they will. Right. No matter what, this is the biggest home game we've had in decades. And they're still going to still going to show up. And I, I got up at 6 a.m. to be on college game day. Yes, sir. And the Look Nebraska game could be on big noon kickoff. That's entirely Stop possible. making fun of me, Sam. That's what I said. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. <laughs> All righty. Next up, we have Oregon. It's a road game in Eugene. Sreyas. Thank you, listeners. A little rundown of what we put here. Yeah, so <laughs> un, un, unsurprising to anyone that knows us, we all have this as an L, right? I don't think any of us here would consider ourselves to be total homers when it comes to trying to make season predictions. In fact, in, in the past, I think some of us have been a little pessimistic. So that's shouldn't be surprising. No one is going to take CU in this game, even if they start off 3-0. Uh, unless for some reason Oregon is really disastrous, which I I don't think is supposed to be the case since they have Bo Nix balling last year that he's coming back, and they they reloaded with a really really talented recruiting class. It's it's Oregon at Oregon, and we have beaten them at Autzen once, and that was spectacular and incredible. But no reason on paper. Well, I'll say no reason for again. We don't know what this team is capable of yet. So maybe we do watch those games and they do go three and zero, and they're dominant in those three games. And we say, Oh, well, maybe, maybe this is a, this is a more of a pick me game than we thought. But as of right now, it's just, it's hard unless you're just putting on the blinders, I think. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the ducks come out in those, in those stupid like duck uniforms with like the, the orange socks and the white shoes or whatever stupid uniforms they wore when CU beat them, I think CU has a chance, but Otherwise, I, I can't I can't faithfully put this down as a W for CU looking at it right now. There's it's just too soon to face a team with that talent level, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I think we just I think we get killed in this game, frankly. Um I think Oregon is beyond legit this year. I think Oregon might legitimately challenge USC for for Pac 12 dominance this season. I think they're slept on a little bit. Um, one one more thing I just want to make a point of is each of these games that we talk about from here on out for the most part are going to be the last time we ever play this team. So, um, you know, wow. it's crazy. It's entirely possible we will never play Oregon again in, in college football. Like that's that's not just plausible, but, you know, maybe likely. So, likely. Um, you know, it would be it would be nice to walk away with a win. At least we won one at Autzen. Um, the fact that we might not ever beat USC makes me want to drink bleach, but <laughs> I, I I just don't see it. I, I think they probably steamroll us. I think even if we're two and one, which is my optimistic hope going into to this game, um, it, it's gonna it's gonna really humble this team. Um, and I just hope that we 
stay healthy and make it even remotely competitive, but I just, I don't see it. Alamo yeah, bowl 2042. Yeah. Against Oregon. I don't have a lot, um, much more to add. I will just say back in the magical 2016 season, who did we play week four in Austin stadium, Oregon. And that was the biggest game. Of Wait, who season. else do we play at Austin? <laughs> <laughs> Funny man, <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming all right, together. So you man. never know. You never know. All right, next up, Chase. Do you want to run us through this next game? It is USC at home. Yeah, um, this is crazy. Actually, I thought this would be another one. L's across the board. Uh, Jake hey, has this, this one. Wrong is... pick. You got the wrong pick in there, Jake. I have this as a. I have this as a win. All right, so Jake oh, and yes, you're right. Jake and Strayus, I guess, have this as wins. Um, the nice Thank thing about Excel is that we can. Uh, Live edit as we go. Um, so uh, we're split on this one. Jake and, and uh, Sreyas have this as a W. Chase and Sam has this as a loss. Um, I'll just, you know, I, I don't want to have the Debbie Downers carry the day. So I'll just quickly um, run through it. I I would love to win this game. In fact, I would rather win this game than I think I would. Ra- this is the game I would if I could only win one game this season, this would be the game. And I know that's probably a little bit controversial with Colorado State and the fact that I'd have to eat my foot and Nebraska <laughs> on the schedule, but it's so embarrassing that it's possible that we could leave this conference, having been in this conference for over a decade and have never beaten USC at home or away. That's just while they were down too, right? USC was that, not great for most of that time. And, and like, I know, you know, 2016, we almost had it. We probably should have, you know, like, it's just so heartbreaking that that's possible. But I just, this USC team is so good. And I, I think, I just don't see it. I, I think we probably get killed in this game as well. Um, I'd love for us to keep it close. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I can I can see Brendan Rice scoring a couple touchdowns and posting some like Instagram ads for whatever company he's working for now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a good day for C. I really just like Chase. I really want them to win this game. I'm not sure I would eat my foot in order to have them win this game, but. I'm sure I sure would be happy if they did, but I don't think they can. But let's see. Let's see if Sarayas and uh, Jake can change our minds. For me, it really comes down to the crowd. I think that CU fan base, like honestly, the Nebraska, because because the Nebraska fans are going to show up and show out, and the Colorado State game is against a team that is, I mean, it was terrible last year, frankly, right? And we we should put the screws down on them. This is going to be that first state. Right? If you if you really want to think about it, that, that's the funny thing, right? It's almost moving the goalposts because right now every game is a statement game, but that has the possibility to be the first real statement game of the prime era, where this talented team, that's the the now like reloaded talent at CU is going to have an opportunity to show up against possibly a top five opponent in USC, and that fan the the fan base is going to be completely energized no matter what the outcome is in the previous four games we could be going into this game 0 and 4 and it would still be hype i mean look at last year right we were 0 and 5 and it was hype against cal but this is going to be on a different level um and i i agree with you guys' concerns i do think that usc is extremely talented i mean they they have the they have the reigning heisman trophy winner it's it's hard to get more talented than that at a skill position but i just again i mentioned this earlier I, it's a constant theme with my predictions. I think that those home games are going to be really, really tough for the opponents, and we're going to finally see some Folsom magic back. So I'm excited for it. 
But uh, to be fair, I don't have actual analysis for matchups or players to validate this at this point. So get back to me in a couple of weeks and, and I'll let you know if I'm completely lost in my, in my thought process. Yeah. And I had similar thoughts. I think Folsom field is going to be electric. Uh, I think this season, and you, you kind of see that theme with my picks, this season is going to be such an incredible storyline. We already have an incredible storyline. Heck coach prime comes in, says he's bringing his Louis luggage. That's how he starts off the season. And he brings in Little Wayne, he brings in Terrell Owens, he brings in all these stars. The storylines are everywhere. Heck, Coach Prime almost lost a foot. Um, they, they, there's just so many storylines already in the preseason. I think this season is just going to be nuts. So that's why I have a win for USC. Also, another factor that I thought about is Travis Hunter and Shador Sat- Sanders are such competitors. And to go up against Caleb Williams, and if I'm Shador, this is my shot to show, like, I belong in the league. I am a legit NFL quarterback. I deserve it to be a higher draft pick. I'm better than this guy. He's going to go in and be such a competitor. Same thing with Travis Hunter on the defensive side and then also on the offensive side, just to show, see, you can compete with USC. I think the Buffs are going to be on it for this game, and they're going to be coming off a loss from Oregon potentially, and I think they're going to be out for blood. That Brendan Rice and Shadur Sanders storyline is going to be super fascinating the week leading up to this too. That's going to pull in a lot of NFL eyes that typically don't care because there is a faction, believe it or not. I know in our world, it doesn't seem like it, but there is a significant faction of this country that are football fans that don't pay any attention at all to college football. So in the Northeast, at least it seems like that's the, that's the common trend, at least from people who I know out there. So this is going to pull in a lot of those eyes too. And it just, the storylines are incredible this year. And this is just yet another one example of that. One quick note I want to make. If we somehow win this game, I think uh, Deion Sanders is coaching in the SEC in 2024. So there's a uh, another hot take. I think it will be like it, someone's going to come in and make an offer that he cannot refuse. The Brinks truck. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so I, I really think like if Colorado wins this game somehow, um, I, and I hope we do because, you know, that's just the cost of progress. But um, that's another thing that I really think that if we somehow find a way to to win that game, um, a lot of eyeballs are going to turn and a lot of boosters paychecks are going to open. All Agreed. right. Next, next up, just to keep us moving along here. I can take us through this one. It is Arizona State on the road in Tempe. We all have wins across the board. Guys, do you want to talk a little bit about this game? Sam, I'll call on you first. I mean, I honestly don't know much about Arizona State, um, but what I do know is probably the most important thing is at the Pac-12 media day, they asked all the coaches, "What what's like your favorite musical artist? Oh, and no. <laughs> all of the other coaches had pretty good answers. Arizona State's coach picked Train. Train was their favorite artist. And that's all that tells me all you need to know about your program. If you're if you're going out there blasting Train, like 50 ways to say goodbye or whatever drive by or hey soul sister you're gonna get boat raced by Deion sanders and the cu buffs <laughs> they're they're not, like it's gonna i, I like it, it just infuriates me that their coach would ever say something so blasphemous as to say that train is their favorite artist of all time that i think this like if i was coach prime i would put that on the put that on like the whiteboard before before every practice leading up that week and say and play play the music, play train. Be like, this is what this guy likes. 
make sure he has a miserable day on Saturday. And I think <laughs> they'll get it done. They're going to get hit by a freight train that week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. ASU was, was 10 in the media pool and there, it looks like they have a little bit of a quarterback battle between their freshman Jada Rashada um, and then their other quarterback, which I'm blanking on his name and don't want to Google it right now. But guys, didn't Jaden Rashada, didn't he commit to ASU last minute because all of his NAL money fell through? From Florida. Yep. Right. So who knows I, how good he is? And I again, actually uh, wrote an article about that, by the way. I just got to throw a quick shout out on that. But um, <laughs> I, I think Arizona State's going to be terrible. I originally actually put this down as a loss, though, because um, I was concerned that I don't, I don't know. This feels like a game where we could just drop it. Like we have a lot of momentum one way or another, you know, Trap game, we, kinda, yeah. it, it's possible that we, you know, if we lose Oregon, lose USC, you know, like the team could be down on itself. We don't know if this team's going to respond to adversity, how it's going to respond to adversity. Right. So um, it's at Tempe, which kind of gave me pause, but I just, I don't know. Arizona state's just not very good on paper. We are more talented on paper than that team. And I don't really think playing at Tempe is, is that big of a, of a you know negative like i don't i don't think their fans are crazy i think there's a lot of colorado alumni down there that'll be at the game um you know it's in october so it's not going to be like it's 300 degrees outside um so i I had it as a win yeah bad cu teams have won in tempe before yeah that is that is definitely true thanks midnight mill (laughs) one thing that is true is this is not a bad cu team we don't know we hope let's hope hopefully (laughs) it's definitely not so moving on here, Sam, do you want to give the rundown for the listeners? Next up, we got Stanford at home. This is family weekend, and it will also be on ESPN. Oh yeah, the the child that no one loved, Stanford. Um, you know, sadly, members of the pack, whatever it is now, pack two, pack four. I don't know. It depends depends on when it comes out, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, family weekend. Folsom's going to be popping. CU always has a great crowd for that weekend. Um, as long as it's not a re- repeat of like the Khalil Tate family weekend, um, experience, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> bottom five moments of my life. I think this is easy. I think similar to the Arizona state game, except it's going to be at home. I think they build off the momentum after a good win for Arizona state. And I think they just keep going against, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too difficult to pick this one. Yeah. It, and that's why we all had a W across the board. Right. And I, I, I really, genuinely think Colorado's team last year would beat this year's Stanford team. Like that's how bad this Stanford team is. And they have all the same restrictions that Colorado was dealing with in the past, right? The same transfer restrictions, the same, you know, grade requirements, all that kind of stuff. So there's no way to rebuild this team. I don't know why you would ever take this job unless your name is Carl Durrell, maybe. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I just, I mean, this, this Stanford team is horrible. It's during family weekend. And, you know, obviously we sold out, the Cal game last week, last year during the family weekend, the crowd's going to be great. It's going to be 100% Colorado fans because you've probably never met a Stanford fan in real life other than the the guy that cosplays as a tree on Twitter. Um, so <laughs> I just, I, I, I think this is going to be a absolute home run, easy, no problem game. And I just don't think we overthink this one. Are we watching the demise of Stanford of Stanford right, right before our eyes. I mean, just things been happening 10 years ago. They had Christian McCaffrey, and they were a, a college football playoff contender. You're you're in and out. They were at the top of the Pac-12 um, on the north, battling with Oregon. 
But now they might not be in a Power 5 conference. Who knows? It seems like there's some rumors to the ACC here, but I think we're watching the fall of Stanford before our eyes. Yeah, and that's there's a reason why uh, David Shaw stepped down, maybe forcibly, right? But this has been this has been happening for a while, and uh, frankly, it's probably not even his fault. There's there's just so many administrative challenges about trying to be a football coach at Stanford, and they have they have no shortage of money, that's for sure. Stanford, there's one thing that they do have: it's money, but they don't have they don't have pretty much any fan support really. I mean, we've seen what that stadium looks like. It's what, when CU played there with bad teams, there would be more CU fans there. Right. Yeah. And it's not like the weather is bad at the Bay area. Right. It's, it's totally, and they're not in the part of the Bay area that really gets cold. So you can't even blame the cold. Like if it's right on the Bay, right. Like you'd say in San Francisco. So I think that this demise for Stanford has been happening for a while. And we'll, it's very fascinating to see how things are going to turn out. But one thing that Chase said that is actually very hot take, but I think I agree with is that last year's team might've beaten them because, Hey, as bad as we were, we sh- really shouldn't have beaten Cal, but we did beat Cal. And I don't think the Stanford team this year is supposed to be any better than Cal was. So it's not the hottest take. Although I think to be fair, we would probably want to have fired our coach the week before and have an energized fan base uh, and energized team with the, uh, the the interim coach there, Mike Sanford. <laughs> so, yeah, hot they're take. Not, they're, not, they're, they're not practicing sustainable logging pra- uh, practices up there in uh, Palo Alto anymore. The trees are coming down. See ya. <laughs> Next up, we got UCLA on the road. Sirius, do you want to give the rundown for what we all put here? Yeah. So I think we had this as a win except for Sam, right? So Sam had this as a loss. The rest of us had it as wins. So actually, let's let's hear what Sam has to say. I'm yeah, interested I, to – I mean, it's I feel like it's always like a trap game for CU to go play at UCLA because of how terrible the atmosphere is. I think especially like after coming back from family weekend, which is going to be extremely hype at home against Stanford, they're going to have a good win. It's, it's hard for C for, to build back up the energy and the hype to play in like the void. That is the Rose bowl for a UCLA game. And see, Sam, CU has not been good against UCLA at UCLA recently. I can't remember the last time the, the last couple of times they've, they've lost. At UCLA. That's fair. I actually think that what you just said is the reason why, we're going to take over that stadium. Like it's not going to be sold out because it's too big, but I think that CU fans, especially since this is the last time we're going to be playing in LA for a regular season game again, maybe ever the CU alumni are going to come out in huge numbers, especially with the hype that's coming out this year. If we go into that game, maybe looking to get bowl eligible around this time, it's going to be a very CU partisan crowd. I will be there. I already, I've already made plans to be there and go spend the weekend with some of my friends in L.A. and then go to the game like I did last time. But I think this year it's going to be big CU contingent. I'm very excited for that. That's one of the reasons I have this as a win, actually. Yeah, Sam, I, I think I thought about putting a loss here as well. UCLA is a good team. They were sixth in the Pac-12 media poll. And I think the the bigger point of the trap game here is they have Oregon State next. And Oregon State's a very good football team, and they're going to have to prepare for that game well. Um. So I think this UCLA game is going to be one of the hardest road games we have this year. Um, 
obviously I still put the win. I think the Bucs can edge this out. I think Stratus is a really good point. Uh, hopefully there's going to be a ton of CU fans there. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. This is, this one's going to be a good challenge. And I think it's, it's a toss up honestly for me, but ultimately I put the win. Yeah, I agree. This is the first time Sam and I split, by the way, on the picks. We were completely in sync the entire time. I originally put this one down as a loss. Um, if I were to make this list right now, uh, we made it, you know, I made it earlier today. I would make it a loss. Um, when I made this a win, I really thought I was going to be like the cheeky one that was the only one who marked this as a win and had to defend it. So I'm astonished <laughs> um, that I am in the, the majority here. Um, I think UCLA is really a good team. I think Chip Kelly's a really good coach at times. Um it's interesting that Sam is the only one that put this as a loss and he's also attended UCLA for a period of time. So it gives me a little pause. Um, Some insider information. A little insider information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, losing DTR is a big, big loss at UCLA. And so I think that is what gives us any chance of hope is I don't know if they've really replaced DTR. I don't know what that team's going to look like. I don't, you know, like everyone has said, I don't think being at UCLA is at all a negative aspect. Um, this is basically a home game. Um, I'd love to make it out there for that game. I just don't know, you know, how I'd make it happen. But um, it's a it, it's it, it's a to- total coin flip, in my opinion. All right, let's keep it moving. Next game, this one's going to be a tough one. A big one is Oregon State at home. It's the homecoming game. Chase, do you want to give the rundown of what everyone put? Yep. So we got uh, Jake, Chase, and Sam with losses, and Sreyas is a win. Sreyas has probably um, not been informed that Oregon State is in fact good now. Um, so maybe, <laughs> maybe no one told them. They're really good. They're definitely really good. But I, I said this multiple times already. I think that home field Folsom Magic is going to be in full, full force this year. I fully believe that it's going to be something different about playing in front of super rowdy crowd in front of super narrow sidelines. And I think that that makes the difference. So not to get ahead of myself and, and talk about my next pick, but I had them running the table at home this year. I think it's going to be something that we haven't, we just haven't seen that in decades, like decades, that Wait, real Strace, false magic. Sorry. So you have them winning seven in a row. I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but, like I said, um, yeah, no, it's, so I, I'm, th- this one's sporty though. Oregon state is oh, very, Oregon. very talented. Oh, I had the, yeah, that's right. That's right. I had Oregon <laughs> uh, as a loss, but <laughs> I do have them at at some point in the season being like eight and two and just on the verge of, of destiny, so to speak. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So, <laughs> so Oregon State, very, very good. And in all fairness, as from what we know right now, from what we know right now, I'm only giving this to CU because of that Folsom magic, right? They're very good. They have their own aspirations to be a Pac-12 title contender finally. I don't know if they've ever been to the conference championship game. Maybe even – well, maybe, maybe they did way back in the day when they had – Chad Johnson and Derek Anderson and, and TJ Hushman's like all these like NFL studs. So other than that, they've been mostly all Saran, right? So this is their hype season, their hype team. So I have no doubt that on paper right now, they're, they'd be the favorite. Well, and I, going with I believe gut. someone should check us on this, but I, I believe there was no championship game before Colorado and Utah were added, right? When they added 12 teams. So this entirely possible, this could be the first time Oregon state ever plays in the championship game. The Pac-12. Correct. That, that, I think that is correct, but uh, they may have won the Pac-12 
Pac-10 is what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. Jake? I think uh, I think they're going to be playing with the chip on their shoulder. Why is that? Because they might blame CU for being relegated out of the Power Five. Do I think it's CU's fault? No. I think it, you know, is USC, UCLA, but sending all the way back to Texas, just being jerks in the Big 12 and starting the whole realignment craze. But I think Oregon State is going to play a little bit angry. And I think they might have in the back of their heads that CU was the charge that destroyed the Pac-12. Um, so very wanted, wanted to bring that up as, as just a, a small point there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think they're going to be like the Blues Brothers, if anyone's seen that movie, where they're on a mission from God. Like Oregon State this season, like they've built the stadium. Yeah, they've, they've done everything. They did everything right. Right. And I think if you're just a fan of the game, like if you just love college football, everyone's going to be cheering for Wazoo and Oregon State. And Oregon State is a team that like might be capable of carrying on that praise. That being said, I hope Oregon State wins every game that they don't that they're not playing Colorado this this season. That being said, I do think it's possible that they're fraudulent. I just think they're a really good team. Um, I you know I don't think they're going to be like a, a playoff team like some people have said, but I, I think they're going to be a really good team, and I think they're going to spoil our homecoming. And you know that's like classic CU thing to do, right? Because you know ten years ago when you were scheduling this game, you would have been like Oregon State's a great team to schedule for homecoming because they're they're a cupcake, but. That is not true this year, um, and, and I, I think they, they roll us over in Boulder. I think it'll be a close game, but I, I think we lose that one. Yeah, and CU, CU is abysmal um, playing ranked teams when they're unranked. So if Oregon State's ranked, like it's it's going to be over before it even starts. I don't think CU's beaten a ranked team when they're unranked in many, many, many years. And, and given that it's November 4th, it's kind of close to Halloween, so I'm a little worried about the orange and black, orange and black yeah. power as well. So yeah, very spooky. Analysis. Our analysis is so good right now. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Lost wow, parentheses spooky. Your X is an By the and way, I did will, look it up. I did look it up. So the 2000 season, Oregon State went 11 and one, and they went to the Fiesta Bowl and beat Notre Dame and finished number four in the country. But they technically didn't win the Pac-10 because Washington also went 11 and one, and they beat Oregon State head to head. Wow unbelievable right i mean you're one glorious season and you don't even get the you don't even have the satisfaction of saying that you're very clearly the conference champions that is that is painful and by the way their head coach jonathan smith was the starting quarterback of that team and he got to throw to tj hushmanzada and chad johnson both future nfl players for the bengals stars for the bengals so quite a team this is all of staring at destiny this year all of that to be in the same conference as Colorado State next year. And that's that's got to be just such a <laughs> kick to the crotch. Unreal. Unreal. All righty, moving on here. I can take this next one, guys. Next up, we have Arizona. It's a home game. This is senior day, and we all put wins across the board. Guys, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Sreyas, I'll pick on you first. Yeah, I think, I think Arizona is also another one of those teams that's going to be – improved the whole pac 12 is improved other than stanford really and cal those those teams are on the down obviously but the the whole conference as a whole is immensely up and this is another great example of that they pulled in arizona pulled in quite a good recruiting class themselves and they improved significantly last year from jed fish's first year also one in 11 right so that outcome for cu this year i know that we're all 
thinking big and the, the roster turn, turnover gives us reason to possibly have hope for more, but a, a five and seven turnaround like Arizona had last year, that was enough to get their fan base energized and excited for this year. So um, they're, they're not a team that should be taken lightly by any means. They have a lot of talent, but yeah, at Folsom magic again, I think we've got it. And I do think it, it'll be interesting to see Montana again, right? One of our, one of our favorite players when he was, on the on the buffs and Taylor Upshaw, I believe, is also transferred there. Although he w- never got to play in a game, but they they have reason to be ju- juiced up for this one. So it'll be interesting to see those guys. But I do think that we're going to get this one again. No real analysis right now. We have to see what these teams are like. Maybe we'll do a a re prediction here in a couple weeks when we have some data. Yeah, I and mean, I'm not too scared of um, Arizona Lamonius Craig. I think I think you know I think C's got in a bat in the bag. I mean. All I all I have to say is Arizona bad. See you good. Arizona Lamonius Craig is that his cousin? Yeah, that that's where he, that's how he's that's how he's gonna play when he's there. Like we're, we're no one's gonna hear about him ever again. Like he's not gonna do anything there. He should have stayed or been better. And then that's a hot take. They wouldn't, they wouldn't want him to leave. That's a hot take. It seems <laughs> so, like they're using him, but we'll see. So when I originally did uh, my predictions, I actually had Arizona State as a. Um, win and or I, I inversed it basically so originally i had arizona um as a win changed it went back to a win i think arizona is a lot better i think people are not ready for how good arizona might be this year um i do think we win this game but this is where i could see this game being a loss because of injuries like i think if colorado's banged up by the time we get to this game it's possible that that we drop this one um, I think it's more likely than not we win it, but this is another coin flip for me. The fact that it's in Boulder, it's senior day. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think we, I think we win this one, but it, it could be closer than people think. All right. I have nothing to add there. Buffs are going to destroy them. Um, so next up, we have Washington state. This is on the road in Pullman. Chase, do you want to give the rundown of, of what we put in terms of wins and losses? Yeah, we've got uh, losses across the board, except for Sam, who has this one as a win. Uh, Sam, since you're the, the brave soul yet again, do you want to explain why you have this one as a win? Um, I think C will be very motivated to crush Washington State's soul even more than they already have by leaving this godforsaken conference. And I think it's just going to be like a, a nice little going away party, like, Goodbye, Pullman, Washington. We'll never have to be here ever again. And we'll pull out a win over the, I don't know, the 12 people that show up to watch this team play. That's it's gonna be interesting. That one's gonna be an interesting one. I was I'm surprised to see that everyone else had this as a loss okay. too. Because Washington okay. Washington the State where we've been. Yeah. Very surprising. Yeah, Washington State isn't supposed to be world beaters by any accounts this year, right? There's no, there's no, nothing to really say that this is going to happen, but there's just something about those late in the season cold games on the Palouse. I don't, I don't think that CU fans are going to show up in droves for that one. It's far enough away from any of our alumni sites. And it's also, no matter how we're doing, it's also one of those games that could be just kind of overlooked because. I'm predicting that they're going to go into that game eight and two and it has just classic letdown written all over it in some bad weather. So again, no real analysis. It's just a feeling. I doesn't feel good to me. And, and senior day, you've already had the emotion of senior day. I haven't looked to see how many of 
the incoming players are actually going to be one and dones. It's, it's actually a pretty, I think, surprisingly low amount. I think most of these guys at least had two years left. Just no seniors on senior day. Yeah, but I think there are, right? Like guys like Willie Gaines to be. came from, yeah, the guys like Willie Gaines, grad transfer. And um, Shane Cokes, grad Shane transfer Cokes. as well. Yep. So th- there will definitely be a, a letdown after after those guys get sent off after after their one and done type year at CU. So uh, I hate to predict it because going in, I have them eight and two, like, oh my God, <laughs> we're going to be, I know we're going to be stoked if that's if that's what we're playing for at that point, but we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, I think Washington State was seventh in the Pac-12 media poll. I think they're a sneakily talented team. Just looking at the Pac-12 all-team, preseason all-team rankings, they have two defensive linemen on the second-team defense, Brendan Jackson and Ron Stone Jr., both players that play on the edge. So I think they're a sneaky, talented team. And just going on the road, and again, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because they're no longer going to be in the Pac-12. Or if they are, it's not going to be the Pac-12. Um, so I think that's going to be challenging. And I think Pullman will be riled up because it's it's going to be, like you said, Chase, they're going to be on a mission from God to really prove themselves and why they belong in the Power Five. By the uh, way, I looked it up. Shane Cox actually has two years to play too. So even he's not leaving necessarily. That's big. That's big. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think I would take uh, Georgia – at a night game in late November again at Pullman, you know, it's just, it's one of those absolutely cursed games where it's going to be, you know, like there's going to be like a foot of snow on the ground and we're not gonna be able to throw the ball. And, and Wazoo loves those games. And I just, for me, I think this is going to be a season of highs and lows. Um, I think the wins are going to be really big for this team for establishing comp or confidence. I just, I think to to Jake's point, Wazoo is sneaky good or sneaky okay, sneaky adequate, but it's going to be tough to go into Pullman, especially with, you know, I, I believe that's actually Wazoo's last home game um, while they're in the Pac-12. I, I would have to check that to be sure. Yeah. But um, so I, I think there should be a lot of emotion there. That's their senior night. I, I think this one's a loss. And I, I think we might be the more talented team and we might lose this game. And this is another one where like injuries could add up. I think we win either Arizona or Washington State. I don't think we lose both. I don't think we win both. Um, I think we split them one way or another. But Washington State's last home game, there's no better time for them to cook it one last time. <laughs> That's true. It That's would true. be the most Washington State thing to do would be to blow, blow their last home game to a CU team. And then, and then beat, proceed to and beat, then Washington. beat Washington. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Last game in the regular season. Our big Pac-12 rival, the Rocky <laughs> Mountain Rumble. <laughs> we have a lot of faith, guys. <laughs> L, 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 In Salt Lake City, Buffs head to play Utah. Just like Sam said, L's across the board. Guys, what are your thoughts here on this game? I think one of the teams that's coming with us to the Big 12. I think it's notable that this is the first game we've actually all agreed across the board. Oh, no, excuse me, Arizona. So uh, this is the first time. CSU. People were like, oh, it's entirely plausible that we beat Oregon at Oregon this year. But, like, absolutely will not happen beat Utah. I just think (laughs) Utah's a really good team. I think, uh, you know, if Cam Rising's able to come back and be healthy by them, which he should be, um, hopefully, you know, um, 
that's just a, a good team. And that's a team that does not match up well against us, right? That's a team that bullies you in the lines. And we're kind of a run and gun, go-go offense. I, I think we're going to really struggle to stop a Kyle Whittingham, pound you in the face football team. And I think it's just a bad matchup for us. And, um, you know, we'll have to get our revenge in the Big 12 because I just I don't think it's going to happen this year. I wish we had the trenches right now. I think, so Chase, you said earlier about depth, and I was disagreeing with you until you started pointing out offense, other quarterback. We all know we don't have depth at quarterback, but offensive line without having Tyler Brown and then defensive line is unknown. It, I just don't even know what kind of scheme they're even running at this point to know what kind of what kind of linemen we're going to be putting in there and what their roles are going to be. That's where Utah, year after year after year, dominates right they absolutely dominate the lines they have tight ends that can do it all and i mean they they keep they produce tight ends out of thin air because dalton kincaid was no he was nothing right he wasn't he at a ju, juco and playing different sports and stuff and then came to utah and then they turned him into an nfl first rounder it's unbelievable so i think that that i would love for cu to establish that as their identity long term if that if that somehow is possible it's going to take a lot of work because it doesn't just happen with one recruiting class it has to happen over the course of many many recruiting classes it has to be an identity like a program-wide identity and i have a ton of respect for utah there and by the end of the season when you're suffering through injuries at skill positions Having strong trenches, that's why Utah won the conference the last two years, right? Because even though they got out of the gates with last year, they lost to a bad Florida team to start off the season and maybe dampened their own hopes of going to the playoff and things of that nature they were maybe thinking about. They still finished strong because of that really, really talented trench performance. And that's why, again, with what I know now and what I see, this one feels like it's comfortably a loss right now. Yeah, I don't have much to add, but I think Utah is going to be a powerhouse in the Big 12 going forward. The only variable being Kyle Winningham is quickly approaching retirement age. He's at 63. Um, but I think Utah is a, a, a phenomenal team. And Have we won in Salt Lake City? I don't think we have in the Pac-12. Yes, we have. have. First year, we did. Okay. So that was that was an amazing game. That was Embry's first year, completely stole that one, and actually prevented Utah from going to the Pac-12 championship game because of that win. It was fun. That was a you guys may not even remember that one, but that <laughs> one was super fun at the time because we're think we were so bad that year, right? We started off the season losing to Hawaii, right? First of two losses at Hawaii that decade. Just tell that tells you all you need to know, right? When you lose at Hawaii to start your season. That is, that's just a brutal way to go. But we did end that season with a huge win. And uh, actually, Utah missed a game-winning field goal right at the end of the game to ice it. So it was a amazing thing. And, of course, we went right from that to 2012, which was, even despite last season, maybe the worst season I've ever – maybe the worst college football season I've ever seen from any team. So people forget about that one, but it did happen. <laughs> well, the we'll do it again. off on that great foot. <laughs> all of our yeah, listeners so, have finally forgotten and then Sreyas is like let me remind you about the 2012 Colorado football team <laughs> we're trying to where forget we came from when we go to the top you know uh, those humble beginnings all right so to summarize here just for the regular season Jake 
is predicting a seven and five record. Soreas is at eight and four. Chase and Sam are both at six and six. Guys, I also have a row here for the Pac-12 championship. I think based on those records, we're not going to be going. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us believe that right now. But and I hope I hope about... none of the players. I hope none of the players do though. We heard Jacquez earlier this year when we when we talked to him. I hope they go in and think they were going to win every single game. And after maybe the first couple games, we like I said, we got to go back and score this again and see what we think when we actually have the opportunity to analyze not only ourselves but our opponents. Yeah, and and before we wrap this up, let's talk about bowl game predictions. Do we have a, a prediction of, of what bowl we'll go to? And then also, is it going to be a win or a loss? All right, hear me out. While you guys figure out your actual bowl game predictions, if you even remember the Pac-12 tie-ins, because it's been so long since we've been in a bowl game other than the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> oh, no, don't uh, say it. <laughs> I am predicting that we go to the Holiday Bowl because it's against the ACC. It's a pretty middle of the road. It's one of the better bowls. So my 6-6 six and six record is not compliant with this. But we go to the Holiday Bowl. <laughs> And Florida State has a really down year, and we play Florida State in the Holiday Bowl because you. I cannot imagine how horny the TV networks would be for that. <laughs> that Prime comes home in his first season um, against Florida State. That would require Florida State being very bad and Colorado being much better than I think you know any of us really, other than maybe Strayus, think we will be. But um, I think that'd be an awesome bowl tie-in. If we go to the Alamo Bowl, I'm going to jump off the roof of um, a tall building. <laughs> There goes my my prediction was they're going to shove us in the Alamo Bowl against a team that like just missed out on the playoff, like like a team that's like ten and two, like and they're like a Texas or Oklahoma, and they're like, oh yeah, just go play six and six Colorado in San Antonio. Or that feels like a, that does <laughs> feel like a very 80, real possibility. Eighty-two to twelve or something like that. Uh, no, that's that my prediction. Feel, you're right. That does feel like a real possibility. I I would I would like to go to the Sun Bowl. I feel like that would be a would be fun to to go back I've, I've at least seen driven through el paso and seen that stadium it's really cool it's kind of they kind of built it into a mountain it's a very cool looking stadium and that would be it would just be fun a fun little change of pace to actually make it to a bowl game first of all but <laughs> much less to be in the in the sun bowl I, th- I feel like cu has been in the sun bowl before it might have been uh like in 2005 i, I might have been one of the the last time, last uh, games of the Barnett era, although I think he was already gone by then. Um, I think we played Clemson. It's my vague recollection of that. So it'd be good to go back there. You know, a lot of good options. Jimmy Kimmel, LA Bowl, Sun Bowl is a good pick. I think my guess is going to be the, the Holiday Bowl. It's going to be versus the ACC, and it's going to be the two dead conferences battling it out for a bowl win, which doesn't matter as well, especially when your competition <laughs> dying. But my win-loss prediction for the bowl game is I think CU is going to get that bowl win. JS, you'll remember that JSU lost in that heartbreaking loss in the championship <sighs> game. Shador and Travis are going to remember that, um, as well as some of those other other JSU players, Shiloh, Hampson, and Craig, you know, the list goes on and on. Um so I think they're going to win the bowl game. I don't think they're going to lose in the postseason two years in a row. That was such a such a good game. I wish I wish you guys came out too. That was well. Actually, next you know next time next uh, celebration bowl, Chase can go since it's a local to you now. It's too bad you weren't there at the time though. It was, it was a amazing environment. It just it's a good reminder of uh, uh, of what it's like to be in a bowl game that means something and. 
<laughs> those guys really showed up and and the offensive line on on JSU did not that day but I hope it's I hope it it's fun and and we have a great season by the way I do have to go back and look the reason I was thinking Sun Bowl is because the last time CU won a bowl game was in 2004 against UTEP in the Houston Bowl so they didn't they weren't at the Sun Bowl that year but they're in the Houston Bowl 2004 Joel Klatt's final year i believe if you're the <laughs> one one person listening who was ready to actually challenge Reyes on his uh factoid there please shoot us an email and uh we'll we'll send you a, a little uh a sticker sticker or something yeah. <laughs> I, I like to imagine one guy just in his car just screaming about how Reyes cannot cannot believe Reyes would say we're in the sun bowl <sighs> there's a picture of joel clatt holding a houston bowl trophy how old was he? Was he like 35 at this point? <laughs> yeah, because he was that was post baseball and <laughs> all that stuff. So good times. Let's do it again. All right. With that being said, that kind of wraps up our episode today. If you guys have your own predictions, um, please feel free to come on X and we'll we'll do a little poll for what we think people think um, you know, the the, the records are gonna be. And uh, feel free to tell us how awful everyone's takes was. Um, and please everyone forget that I have offered to eat my foot. Um, if certain outcomes happen. So hey, you, wish, said, you, just, you just reminded everyone of that. <laughs> it's not yeah, going to happen. So I'm not, I'm not Chase's barbecued foot. Uh, so yeah, please give us a follow on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're trying to build up. Um, we're also going to probably put this one on YouTube as well as all of your favorite podcasting areas. But as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be going to a once a week um, episode once the season actually starts. So look forward to talking more frequently soon. Go Buffs, baby. Let's go, go Buffs. Buffs.